1: As soon as someone does something wrong to you, we're called to pray. We're called to love. God sees the heart. Jesus said, if you commit murder in your heart, you're a murderer. Wait a minute. I don't even have a weapon. Your heart. Somebody does something wrong to you, don't be quick to be angry. Be quick to pray and let God take care of it and forgive them. And God say, you know what? This is my son. This is my daughter. They really follow after me.
0: If you're like me, it's probably not your first instinct to jump to prayer when someone does something against you. Quite often, my initial reaction is wanting to repay evil with evil. Today, Pastor Eddie shares the example from Paul's letter to Timothy and shows how when we love like Jesus loves, we can want the best for others, even if they have wronged us. Let the love of Jesus come out as you pray for those that are harder to pray for. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. As he continues his message, Paul's final instructions.
1: You know, sin will blind you to the point where it doesn't matter if you're walking to your death. Law is pleasing. And that's what happened with Demas here. And that's what happens to uh, many Christians today. The world will always be appealing. It'll, it'll be your friend. It will pull you away, drift you away from the things of God. Things in the world will always be more interesting, more entertaining. That's why entertainment is now making its way into the church. But Jesus makes it clear in Luke chapter 9, verse 25. He says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? And is himself destroyed, a loss, a loses his soul. John the, Baptist, John the Baptist, John the Beloved, writes this in his epistle, First John chapter two, verses fifteen to sixteen. He says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." That's something we need to examine. By the way and remember if you're taking notes remember this verse if you love the world and the things of the world you need to check because according to scripture and scripture's not lying he said for the love of the father is not in that person if you love the world and the things in the world verse 16 for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but of this world these are the three things that started in the garden: lust of the eyes, pride of, uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These are the three things that Satan tempted Jesus when he was in the desert. In the garden was a fruit. In the desert, Jesus was a piece of bread. lust of the eyes. It looks nice In the desert. Look at the world. They put them in the top of the pinnacle. Yeah, see if you, see if you could throw yourself off. In the garden, is to make you wise. In the desert with Jesus, it's to give you the kingdom. And these are the three things that the enemy is always tempting, each and every one of us. And, and we see this is a shame that you see people have gradually start. They begin their relationship with Jesus Christ. And what happens when you're not under the spout where the glory comes out? I like that quote from Chuck Smith. What happens when you're not in the word? What happens when you're not in fellowship? What happens when you're not really meditating and thinking about God, taking a walk and spend time and talk to him? And this is what happens with Demas. Demas. Verse 10, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, and Cretan for Galatia. Galatia is Greece. Uh, We don't know much about him. He's not mentioned. He's only mentioned here, but his name means growing. Then he goes at the end of verse 10, Titus for Dalmatia. And so Titus, his name means nurse, protected, honorable, And Titus departs to Dalmatia, which is now modern-day Yugoslavia. And so uh, if you look at your map, for those of you who are into geography, there you go. But Titus um, is the same Titus in which Paul writes his epistle, Titus, which we'll look more into his life um, at the beginning of our intro, introduction to the epistle of Titus. That letter was written uh, right after 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. It was written right in between uh, the two letters to Timothy. The next person in verse 11 is Luke. In verse 11 he says, only Luke is with me. And this is Luke the physician. Remember, he called him the beloved physician. Colossians chapter 4 verse 14. He says, Luke the beloved physician. And Demas greets you. Uh, Luke, the name means light giving, luminous. Uh, He's the one that the Holy Spirit inspired to write the gospel of Luke and also the book of Acts. And he's also a physician. If you're an apostle like like the apostle Paul and you go on in ministry, you're going to need a 24-7 physician (laughs) because he's always getting stoned. I'm not talking about smoking. He's always getting whipped. He's talking. He's always getting (laughs) twice. He was left dead. I mean, come on. You need a a 24-hour physician. A doctor. But even though at this time he may have not needed Luke as a physician, we see that Luke is a faithful companion to the Apostle Paul. He was there. And when you read and study the book of Acts, you could just know when Luke is he's just writing what he knows or what he has personally witnessed with his eyes. When you look at the plural pronoun, he says, and we or they. So when he says, we, when he writes, we, that means Luke was there. Um, but he knew how to take notes. Next person is Mark. And he says, get Mark. So on his way to Rome, he has to get Mark. And that's going to probably take some time. Um, And bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Mark, also known as John Mark, his name means a large hammer. But his name also means polite, so he's a polite hammer. Uh, He's the one that the Holy Spirit inspired to write the gospel of uh, Mark. And Paul now instructs Timothy to bring him. But interestingly, uh, there was a past history between the uh, the apostle Paul and Mark Uh, during um, Paul's first missionary journey, Barnabas went with Paul on his first missionary journey and they took Mark. Now Mark is the cousin of Barnabas. So when you read Paul and Barnabas, Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark is the cousin of Barnabas. And so they went on their first missionary journey in in Acts chapter 15. However, Uh, Mark departed. He left them for whatever reason. Probably the ministry was too much for him. Uh, Wanted to go home to mommy. I don't know, but he left them. And so when they were planning their second missionary journey, the apostle Paul and Barnabas, they had a dispute. If you recall, that was because Paul did not want to bring Mark, but his cousin wanted to bring his cousin Mark. And so at that point, there was a problem with the second missionary journey of the apostle Paul. And it says in Acts chapter 15, verse 38, this is what Luke writes. He says, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. So obviously the work of the ministry may have been too much for Mark where he left, but I love how things turn around for the glory of God. Now, the one who Paul once considered untrustworthy is now considered to be, as Paul says, helpful to him in the ministry. And I think this is a beautiful picture of how God can work with people in the body of Christ. We may have disagreements in ministry. We may have disagreement in certain things, but we can agree We could agree to disagree agreeably, you know, and um, we can get together and we could put aside all these things and come together in the love of Christ together in ministry, loving each other and supporting each other. And that um, is something we need to understand. But you see how there's reconciliation. Can you imagine people hearing the words? Oh, Mark. He went to see Paul, and Paul wanted Mark. Wow, didn't they have a problem? Wow, that's awesome. You know, they're able to forgive and reconcile. That is a great display of the love of Christ. Again, we will agree, disagree with a lot of things. And trust me, if anybody knows that there's disagreement in ministries, in the churches, the pastor, you'll hear it from everybody. You know, people come from different places, and they want this church to be like their church, <laughs> you know, So, well, if you love that church, go back there. <laughs> we're, we're different. It's like somebody coming, going to your house. Say, I don't like the sofas in your house. <laughs> I don't like the curtains. You know, they're just not, they're like clashing. Hello. You know, and you, you can't go to somebody's house. It's listen, that church is unique in its way. God has ordained it and blessed it. And God is grateful and God's being glorified. Let them, as long as they, they're not teaching another Jesus, another God, great, man. As long as they, that's it. Let them teach the word. But, you know, I hear so much. And I say, listen, you should be a pastor then. You should open up your own church. You got it all. You got all the answers. <laughs> anyway, it, it's, but we come together. Agree to disagree agreeably. Verse 12, Tychicus. He says, in Tychicus, I have sent to Ephesus. Tychicus means fortunate. So if you want to have a child, you want him to be fortunate, Tychicus is the name. <laughs> he began his ministry with the Apostle Paul in, in Acts chapter 20. And pretty much, he's, uh, for what I see, uh, he's one that loves to comfort. And Paul always sent Tychicus. It's a, a common practice that we find with Tychicus is that when he would Uh, Go to the churches and give them news of what's going on with the Apostle Paul and his ministry. But also at the very end, you'll find that he is the one that comforts hearts. Uh, Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 21 and 22. It says, Paul writes, "...but that you may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose." that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Colossians chapter four, verse seven to eight, he said, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that he that, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. So there's a pattern for Uh, Tychicus, so he's fortunate, um, but fortunate to have the ministry of comforting hearts. You know, there are those who would walk away from the Lord like we saw in Demas. There are those who serve in the ministry faithfully as, you know, Cretan, Titus, Luke, Mark, and Tychicus. We can also see a man like the Apostle Paul needs people. One thing I find at the end of most of his letters is the people he mentions because he's grateful to the Lord for their faithfulness to the Lord in ministry for the Lord and to him. And it just shows that, you know, even the great apostle needs people. There's no super Christian apostle. We all need people and the Lord sends people to work with us. There's no long ranger in in Christianity there's no long ranger when it comes to the church or in ministry. There's no such thing. From the very beginning, the Lord says it's not good for man to be left alone. Obviously, he wants to uh, make him one flesh with a wife. But he developed family from the very beginning. It's not good to be alone. Paul writes... To the church of Philippi, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, he says, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself we need to underline that in our bibles let each of you look out not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others and paul certainly lord blessed paul with many people in the ministry to help him now in verse 13 paul continues to mention some names but um in verse 13 he's going to ask for a few items so um the estimation of Timothy, getting to Paul in Rome, two months, uh, might be another extra week. I don't know, because he's going to want some stuff. Let's look at verse 13. It says, but bring the cloak I, I left with Carpus at Troas when you come. Now, Carpus don't know much about him, but he's only uh, he's another one that's only mentioned here. Uh, now a cloak was, as you know, is a large, heavy wool garment uh, that has a hole, um, which is ex- at that time it was extremely expensive. That's why he's asking for it. And it's, it could be used not only as a coat, as an outer garment, uh, but also as a blanket. So it was a big piece of uh, material. And obviously he's asking for this because it will be winter soon. Drop down to verse 21. Look at verse 21. He says, do your utmost to come before winter. So Paul is expecting winter, and um, maybe he might be there for a little bit. We don't know. But he asked for his clothes. There's two other items. And he says, and the books, or scroll. I mean, he's written books here to translate it, but scrolls uh, in those days, and especially the parchments. Now, scholars and commentators are unsure of the books or the scrolls. Uh, could they be portion of scripture or maybe part of Paul's letters? The parchment or written in Pyrus could be certificates, papers um, for his trial. He's about to be put to trial. Um, uh, or probably just blank pieces of Pyrus, because those two, that was also expensive in those days. And Paul is a writer, he likes to keep himself busy. And, in, you know, you put Paul in prison, what do you have? The prison epistles. <laughs> Paul's not going to sit around. He's going to be, he's going to make use of his time. And um, when we look at those letters that written in prison, we know that they were in prison and they were ordained by God to be in prison. You, get, you put John in the Isle of Patmos, Domitian, the Uh, historians uh, early church fathers say that uh, Domitian tried to boil him alive in the you know oil (laughs) didn't work so they sent him to the island of Patmos and what happens we have the book of Revelation Uh, just think about it where whenever the Lord puts you in a place it's for a reason but we don't know all of it I've read A lot of commentaries, and most of them, it's just speculation, and they admit it's speculation. It could be. Nobody knows. But he's asking for books. He's asking for his cloak, his book, and and parchments. Verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. Verse 15, you also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. Now, The name Alexander is mentioned two other times, actually three times, but it's as a last name. But we're unsure is this the same Alexander found in Acts chapter 19, verse 33, Alexander who uh, who stood up for the Jews in Acts chapter 19. Or it could be the Alexander that he mentioned in his first letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20, where he said he delivered him to Satan. We're unsure because Alexander was a common name in those days. However, this Alexander did him much harm. You know, it's one thing to be mentioned in the Bible. That's your name mentioned in the Bible. That's incredible. But to be mentioned in the Bible for something you did wrong, that's another thing. Paul is not wanting to repay him in any way, but he left him in God's hand. He said, may the Lord repay him according to his works. And that's important for us we're 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 told to pray for our enemies. the world doesn't understand that. pray for your enemies are you 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 Christians are crazy really? Just let me at them I'll take care of it. No, we're to love and pray for our enemies that's not taught that's not taught today at all It's not taught in the schools but we're we're taught to pray for our enemies love those who persecute you jesus says, but if, if they do any harm you know we're still to forgive them, not to retaliate, not to repay sin for sin. The psalmist write this in Psalm 62, verse 12. He says, also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his works. God sees all things. In the book of Revelation, when it says his eyes are like the eyes of fire, if you see a picture painting of Jesus' eyes with fire, Throw it away. that's not it's just symbolic. It's, a, it's just saying that Jesus is going to judge everything he sees, and he sees everything. Fires bring purity, judgment, and everything he sees is judgment. There's nothing that you can do that God doesn't see. Even your thoughts, even your evil thoughts, your heart, God sees it. He knows. Eyes of flame of fire. He's going to bring judgment. Just be careful. Your sins will find you out. The Bible says you might be good hiding it, but God is good at judging too. And it would be exposed. So be careful. But if those things are done to you with the love of Christ, forgive them, love them, pray for them and let God take care of it. Paul wrote to to the church in Rome in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, it says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You think God doesn't know what you're going through? He, you think God doesn't see people hurting you, taking advantage of you? You think God doesn't see that? God knows that. But the problem is, be, before you even allow God to, to, to bring justice or to bring vengeance, you already took matters into your own hands. Better yet, you already took matters in your own hands, but in your heart. You already sin in your heart. As soon as someone does something wrong to you, we're called to pray. We're called to love. God sees the heart. Jesus, if you commit murder in your heart, you're a murderer. Wait a minute. I don't even have a weapon. Your heart. Somebody does something wrong to you, don't be quick to be angry. Be quick to pray and let God take care of it and forgive them. And God say, you know what? This is my son. This is my daughter. They really follow after me. I see what harm has been done to them, but their heart, there's no, there's no hatred. There is no intention to bring uh, vengeance on anyone. I'm going to take care of it. At the same time, God will bless you for being faithful. We need to get into the habit of being obedient to the Lord and the Word of God and in the Spirit to learn to forgive. This world does not know what that is, and that the the place where the, and the people they the world needs to see it from is the church. So, about being a Christian, being Christ-like, it's forgiving.
0: You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and practical advice from the Apostle Paul that he wrote to Timothy. This book jumps into what it looks like to be a leader in the church. Paul doesn't shy away from encouraging those who are young to run with zeal and not grow discouraged. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If you're facing opposition because of your age, be reminded that Timothy faced similar struggles, and God used him mightily, just like he can use you too. We're so glad you joined us today for running the race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you.
2: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit RunningTheRaceradio.com and click on the Back to homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is RunningTheRaceradio.com
0: Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at RunningTheRaceradio.com We're so glad you tuned in today. And we look forward to the next edition in the book of 1 Timothy on Running the Race.